everyone. Welcome to Spin the Bottle. It's me, Danny, and today we have a special edition spinoff for you. We hope you enjoyed our Blacklist episode, guys. We had a blast. So much fun. It's true. We had a plethora of black excellence highlighted on that episode, and it was just our small way of commemorating Black History Month. You get no gift card. Sorry. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you bringing back the word of the day. Listen, I am not new to this vocabulary game. I'm true to it. Let the people know then, Danny. <laughs> Let's dive into the spinoff at hand. If you haven't been under a rock, no doubt you've heard about Jesse Smollett and R. Kelly. <laughs> Some heavy news. Juicy. <laughs> yes, juicy. Yeah, these stories oh, Jesse, have all... Jesse. I, I don't know if it's Jesse. Jesse. I don't know. It was Jesse. Funny. We were okay. talking about the Trevor Noah skit. Anyway. These stories have dominated the news, and both of them have been particularly controversial. And I've definitely had several heated conversations amongst my friends, and it kind of made me wonder, like, what is it about these particular stories that seems to be so polarizing, and what is it that keeps us kind of talking about this over and over They're again? blatant lies and disrespect for humankind. Mm. No? That's okay. So, well, yeah. Let's not forget... <laughs> Bill Cosby. <laughs> no. I I mean, I don't think this is an isolated incident. So I think the better question is, how do we handle disappointment when it comes from someone that we admire or look up to? Because we know why we don't like them. We know why they're distressing. But what do we do inside? You know, what's the, what do we do? How do we handle that? Yeah. I think it's a really important question. I, I want to start before we dive into it by saying, though, the purpose of this isn't to really rehash the details. I think everybody knows in each of these specific cases. We want the truth, Dennis. Yeah, what so. the scenarios are, um, whether that be Jesse or Bill Cosby or R. Kelly. Um, I think it's less digging into details and more it's just let's have some honest dialogue about mm-hmm. how you've been feeling, how you've kind of been managing with it. And also, um, I just want to know like how you're reconciling these people who have made amazing contributions <laughs> And also who seemingly have done some pretty heinous things or some pretty like how do you reconcile that with someone that you mm-hmm. kind of look to? I mean, that's a super reflective question. I think the easy one is to start with Jesse Smollett, which I didn't. I should say whom I didn't have any real feelings for. Um, yeah. Prior to. Yeah. He wasn't necessarily an icon to me, but knowing his family and knowing just his work on empire um i just and i and even some activism work that he's done and his family's done like his parents were part of the black panther party Um, oh really i didn't know that yeah so just knowing these things about him it was sort of shocking when he came out and said that he had been the victim of a hate crime yeah and i didn't deny it i was just like no, you did it. But as time goes on, you start to question things and people start to bring things up to you. And so I think it was more along the lines of reconciling the fact that I had been so gung-ho about this person. And then it, he turned out to per- potentially, yeah. allegedly. Yeah. But it seems so allegedly. Alleged, but it seems, it's important to say that. It's important to say allegedly. Even though all the evidence seems... Um, quite stark and very, very true. Uh, I don't know. I think that was the main thing. It was just sort of managing that idea that, oh, yeah, I went really hard for this person. Sure. Um, and now that person has lied. 
and now I feel stupid. The problem is for me, I never, I never quite. I don't know what go hard for Jesse Smollett was. Like I didn't like share and I didn't post or write and share and post. I was like, oh, that's really awful, and I feel bad for him. Um, but I definitely made some judgments for sure, sure about the people who he said were involved. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, most people couldn't help but make some judgments, right? You know? uh, or, or or draw some information based yeah. on the information we were given at right. the time. Mm-hmm. I, it's interesting. I know for me, um, particularly at the beginning of this case, it was actually I found myself in an inter- in an interesting place because I didn't believe it when I first heard the story, and I felt really bad that I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. So. I wasn't like super vocal either way. Of course, I did not want him to not be telling the truth. But there was a part like there was parts of the story that I just couldn't get to make sense. And so I actually had a few heated conversations with people who really kind of were disappointed in me and upset with me. (laughs) Like, how are you going to, you know, we care about advocating for victims. And that was an interesting position for me to be in because I couldn't really say why but I was like I I just feel something strange happening I don't know and and I didn't know what I mean I don't think I necessarily thought he staged the attack or allegedly staged the attack. no you would have never thought that I just thought this doesn't make a whole lot of sense and I'm not understanding all the the pieces so um I think that was yeah it was a really interesting stands to take because usually I'm very big on making sure the victims are heard and I'm mm-hmm. I really care about this kind of stuff of course hate crime like I'm not in the habit of believing that people make things up right <laughs> like this so I think one of the issues was just that people sort of felt tricked in some way there are these two camps to me there was these people who were like oh I told you so yeah. told you it wasn't true I told you he was lying and then this other group that just felt like they were wise way bamboozled and like they believed it and now they felt bad. And I just, I don't think that that needed to happen. I think that when someone tells you something, that person seemingly has good character. Yeah, we should go take it at face value. That person happens to be a victim. I think that you should take things at face value and also question at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's always important to think critically no matter what. Sure. No matter what, because guys, it, Believe it or not, there are some victims out here who aren't truly victims. It is. So hmm. it's just, it's disappointing, I think. Yeah. And people don't know how to, you know, not just really people, but it. we don't know how to necessarily handle it all the time. Well, let's let's pivot a little bit into R. Kelly and Bill Cosby, because those, those for a lot of people, tend to kind of fall more in the idol umbrella of for things, sure. like major contributions to the culture. Um, to music. Bill Cosby has done a lot for um, black kids and college education for content that he, I mean, the Cosby show, I mean, in a lot of ways. He's done a lot, for sure. In a lot of ways, he's done a lot. So I I will say, um, until I saw the documentary Surviving R. Kelly, I definitely was still um, really kind of not muting R. Kelly, meaning I wasn't taking a stance that like I would mute and refuse to listen to the music mm-hmm. i still was kind of out here like mm, there's a lot of crazy stories i've heard was a good album 12 play was, yeah and now mm-hmm. um based on that i think just as a as a consumer and as someone who is a woman and just many things like after watching the documentary i, I couldn't in any good conscience continue to support 
anything that he's done. But it, I mean, that's as of a month ago. So mm-hmm. I'm a little tardy to the oh, art gallery party. <laughs> do you think that public figures and their personal lives are wholly separate from their creative works? I struggle with that. I really struggle with that. Um, mm-hmm. So Bill Cosby, will I stop watching the Bill Cosby show? Or the Cosby show? I don't know. <laughs> like The Cosby show really hasn't meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, a different world really means something to me. And then part of it is like, how do you divorce? So it's like, yes, there's a part of it, but then there's all these other people, too, who are a part of right. this. So like, what about Phyllis Rashad and Lisa Bonet and, you know what I mean, all right. of the other people or, you know, Kadeem Hardison, Jasmine, God, like, all, like, does that mean that now we don't, I don't know, we don't consume their content because how deep does the rabbit hole go so i'm not listening to r kelly does that mean everything he's also written and contributed that was not on his album i guess i i think the that gets really tricky too because r kelly has written so much music for people i don't even know how to (laughs) right i wouldn't wouldn't even even know how to search which songs to boycott yeah that's a that's really hard too because i not that i've been watching the cosby show but i don't know if i would stop watching the Cosby Show. I know I haven't stopped watching A Different World. Definitely not. So I don't know what to. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. There's something that and it, it's weird because both crimes are heinous. Like both acts that those that those men have committed are just not okay. Not okay. Not in any but way. For some reason, the R. Kelly thing feels like particularly. It does predatory maybe because they're underage girls maybe it's the underage girls thing which i i feel like i I mean also it is a sex slave i mean there's a lot of really a lot of disturbing things um so i feel safe saying i will not be singing i believe i can fly anymore i'm with you there i've muted r kelly i have muted r kelly and i will say i don't know i think there's some blinders that you put up because i think for years one of our close friends Ronde was always telling us oh about God. R. Kelly. And it's we were true. just kind of like, okay. I well. thought, I, I and Ronde, I apologize. Yeah, I just is, thought shout out to Ronde Jenkins. You can follow him at Ronde Jenkins. Soul, <laughs> shy city soul star. He's on there. Mm. Anyways, He's I on, do remember kind of thinking, okay, Ronde, like, I get it. He had a few little you know, faux pas back in the day. But I, I just, I didn't believe the you sex didn't slave believe story. The I didn't I, vast like amounts I, of information. No. I think the documentary was really meant to nail the last nail in the coffin. Like For really sure. meant to just say, listen, there's all this information against him. And I haven't seen the documentary. Um, but it's, you know, obviously he was charged recently. And he so was. I think that that had a really big part to play in it because people watched it. And, you know, when the public is angry, when there's outrage, when there's attention, then you know, things happen. And even me, you know, I know after watching that, I, I definitely was a little embarrassed. Like, just this has oh, been yeah, going on too. for 20 years. I felt really gross. And, I've been, and I, I felt really fair. gross. I think that's, yeah. like, you should feel that. Like, you, like, I, I, you were out here loud and wrong. Because literally, I was like, 12 play is a masterpiece. <laughs> like, that's not, no, bro. <laughs> I just went through a few You've songs. missed it. You've missed it. No, I, I felt really bad. And I I think that as people, not just as black people, but as people, we need to just be okay with feeling like, yeah, that was wrong of me. That's right. I don't, like, there's no, you don't need to fight it. You don't need to argue it. You don't need to, like, justify it. Just, like, just sit in it. So when you do something wrong, just be like, yeah, I did that. I didn't dig in deeper. I didn't believe so-and-so. And, like, sometimes you don't even know 
what obviously you don't know what to believe or you don't know what to like dig into further and I don't spend a lot of time thinking about different like R. Kelly as a celebrity so so like give yourself a little bit of a break but at the same time yeah you feel gross you should feel gross (laughs) I felt really disappointed in myself for a while um so tell me something Do, do you at what point do you think okay as consumers this is the point where we have to boycott people. Like, at what point do you do you feel like, as a consumer, you draw a line in the sand? About- I think pedophilia is definitely a boycott <laughs> situation. Definitely. Sure. I think um, sexual violation in general is just going to be. I I'm trying. I really am trying to wrap my mind around the Bill Cosby thing. Mm-hmm. I can't, it's it's hard, and I don't know if we're going to get an answer here, guys, today. But because that is a sexual violation. Um, but there, it's just so nuanced. And I'm actually not sure I still it's 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 really hard. That it happened. Like, I, I know don't, okay, this is, and I don't know what it is that makes me not. Maybe it's because I'm not sitting down. This is what I struggle with with the court Cosby. notes. So the quite like the question I often ask myself is like, was he OK, wait. Is Bill Cosby a serial rapist? Like, is that what we're saying? Yeah. Is he a predator and a serial rapist? Mm-hmm. Or was he going really hard in the 70s and 80s I don't with know. drugs and alcohol? And and I'm not giving what here's what I don't want to do is ever negate or take away from the stories of women who have been drugged. It is never OK. But I do know that in the 70s and 80s, like uh, drug use in the partying prevalent. scene was not only prevalent, but it was kind of widely accepted and not, it, I don't know that there was a lot of going on about like the date rape drug necessarily. Do you see what I'm saying? So I guess sometimes- What do you mean? You don't, you don't know if there was a lot going on you know how, the date rape drug? You know how like there are certain like things over time that where there's increased awareness. So Me Too is a good example of this where- it's never been okay to sexually harass women. It's mm-hmm. never been okay to be inappropriate with women. But if but you were in a workplace in the seventies and the eighties, you culture. were going to be sexually harassed. Like it was, um, it wasn't. People weren't saying this is sexual harassment. Like mm-hmm. you, it was just, he's a guy and I'm a like it. It may, it may have felt that way, but you know what I mean. Bringing like attention to it in that way, um, it's it's kind of shifted over time. Like what we and so. Which is a reason why all these older men are going down. Like, there's so many people going down. <laughs> like, it doesn't make it okay. I'm just saying sometimes things are like a sign of the times. And I'm like, okay, was this drug use a part of like partying and that whole scene? Or were you actually like stalking, like low key, like pinpointing women and drugging them unconscious? And that's where I'm not, mm-hmm. I get fuzzy. So, yeah. And, and, on one hand, I could see that. I could see that happening. Like, you, no one's perfect, and I could see someone doing that. You know, he has this really amazing persona, and he was a flirt and all that. Sure. So I could totally see it happening, and I'm not saying that it didn't. Um, I'm just not sure that I'm willing to write off all the creative things that he did. Um, I think that's the problem. Uh, I'm, I'm actually not an obsessor as much as, you know, some people, like, Bill Cosby was their idol, and I do find that he was very impactful and someone to be respected. So that piece is lost, but am I willing to write off everything? I don't know. I think he did so much. 
for the culture. And I don't know if I even feel comfortable saying this, but I don't know. It is what it is. Different world is still playing for me. You know? Yeah. I don't know if I. Yeah, it's so tricky. It's it's it's. I think it's tricky too because it's tied it up in our childhood. So there's a lot of nostalgia there. Yeah. So. It's yeah. But again, if that, if like one of those victims was like a relative of mine, would I say the same thing? It's easy to say when you're so so far, far removed. removed right? That's right. And we get to sit back here and look at all these celebrities and you know make these statements like. And that actually leads me to my next question, which is. So in light of all these things, what generally happens is you'll see the Internet just go pretty nuts about things. And then you see memes and you see jokes and you see and I will be the first to admit, like, sometimes you get caught up in that. And it's just really funny. Like it's it seeing the Internet do it with anybody. It's like, you know, memes or things. It, it becomes funny. But I don't know that we should be, you know, like. I you don't want to be looking at Jesse Jesse Smollett for but the, not quite the memes some time. though not the memes like I, mean, I don't want to make a, a lot of the videos. lifetime movie we watched a lot of for videos. daily show but I don't want to like you don't want to be a part Did you of you start like, to feel kicking, bad about like yes like you don't want to kick someone stuff, while they're yeah. down and yeah. it's not like if this is true because this is still alleged and he has we give him we presumed innocence waiting. we, we know give him presumed innocence here's what we know information is missing information's missing so that's all we know but i guess what i'm saying is is you know making memes of these people and like laughing at their misfortune is also not the best thing i just started feeling bad like this isn't i've done some really messed up stuff and if like something i did was like catastrophic and i made a it's like i have to imagine that if he did do this, he's very embarrassed. Like this is a really tough moment Maybe for him. Maybe he's not. If he did I it, he's totally I don't know innocent. Anything about him? He could so, be totally like, "Dagnabbit! What else can I do?" To I don't get think out of anybody this? wants the wrath of Black Twitter. Let's just be honest. Like no one wants to be I'm sure he the face of a Black Twitter. That. You know what I mean? Like I, nobody wants to be that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, I also, and as I was just saying. We don't really know him. Like, we don't okay? know him. Yeah. We know this persona. We know like a character. We know some sort of brand or presentation. We don't know him. So I think you have to think about that too. Um, just that we don't understand. We, we only know what he presents. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Well, I don't know so that man at all. Like making, making all these um, assumptions and judgments is just, you know. I think it's a way of just coping, to be honest with you. You know, comedians are always like, talking about laughing through their pain and creating funny moments out of really, really painful moments. And I think that for me, it was kind of, once it started to come out that there were some holes in the story, I think it was also just like a coping mechanism. Because it was so wacky. It was just It's so, so wacky. Insane. And even now, it's like it's the alibi that is being told at this point, it's, I still am coming up not understanding. Mm -hmm. Like, if this is an issue with your south, that just doesn't make sense to me. I'm just looking for something to make this make some version of sense. Some version of sense. And I think the coping thing is important because when you... So the coping is important because we were all about him, all about supporting him through a hate crime, right? Sure. Like that's a really tragic thing for anyone to experience. And so thinking about... Oh, this is the kind of world that we live in where because of our president, there were this 
these people who oh, pretty well. much get away with whatever they want. That's right. You know, and so that affects me. It doesn't, it, even though I don't know Jesse and I don't know him, him personally and what he's going through, the story that he told affected me and affected so many people because they're like, this is the world that we live in as black men or mm-hmm. and women. Yeah. This is the world that we live in as gay men and women. Or and so Democrats. that was, or as like <laughs> Democrats, you're just like, this is horrible. And I think that emotionally affected people. And so that's the thing that we forget is just like, yes, it's it's funny and ridiculous now because we're just like, there's so many holes. What what could possibly be true? But I think the reason that there's such a, uh, such polarizing conversations and views is because it really affected people emotionally yeah, in some way. And I think that's why people felt so bad. That really like kind of pivots us into just a, a takeaway or a thought that I'd like to at least I've challenged myself with is really taking the time when stories come out because we're we are just inundated with news all the time from all kinds of different places mm-hmm. and um, just the Jesse Smollett thing, even the R. Kelly thing, because, like the way things came out in news cycles really is just a reminder to me to like find out what's going on to the best of my ability before freaking out. Trevor Noah made a really good point in The Daily Show where he was talking about making sure that we're not always consuming information that confirms our biases and that, like, Mm -hmm. makes us feel comfortable in things. So just me as a consumer, me as a fan, me as a person, just really taking time when you're hearing things or you're trying to gauge an opinion about someone, whether that's anyone, just taking the time to try to, like, work through the information (laughs) Mm -hmm. and – and give it a look. And give it some time. Just give it some time. Let it marinate. I think the problem with that is that because we can so easily respond to whatever is happening, yeah. that because we have the tools to respond so easily, we do respond easily. Quickly. Right? Very, very quickly. And I would just say you yeah. shouldn't feel stupid for believing what you deem is the truth. I just I just want people not to feel like go through that feeling of like, I, I told you so. Or like there, there's nobody wins in this situation. Nobody wins. You know, nobody it's kind of ridiculous. So as Danielle mentioned, to close out the spinoff, we asked some of our listeners to weigh in on some of the things they have learned as it pertains to navigating through these disappointments with people they respect and admire. Yeah. We hope you guys enjoy. And listen, we do know this was a little bit of a heavier topic, closing out Black History Month and heading into the top of March, but refer back to our other episode. There's an abundance of amazingness on so our Blacklist Awards. So many amazing Black people and contributions. So. Shout out to Mahershala. Shut, yes, Mahershala. <laughs> Who we, we didn't really you. talk about Regina on the episode. King, we see you. I Spike know. Lee, we see you. Good. So good. Yeah. I think in a situation like this, first speaking about Bill Cosby, it is unfortunate, but however, there is overwhelming web evidence that supports what these statements are, uh, the accounts. However, I believe with Bill Cosby, I don't necessarily believe that people who believed in him, you should separate who he was on TV versus who he was behind. And it doesn't mean that you cannot like the Cosby show because you like the Cosby show because of the things that it represented and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. You can separate those two. However, when it comes to R. Kelly, R. Kelly has been talking about some of these things for a long time and it's been in question for a long time. So to pull him off the air or to no longer support him, I believe that's justified. 
as far as Jesse Smollett goes, that's unfortunate as well. However, I don't have much sympathy for him because he took something that is very sensitive in this time and tried to use it for his own benefit. And that's not honorable or respectful. I can't help but to feel heavy. Bill Cosby and R. Kelly were pillars in my community. In the late 80s and early 90s, the Cosbys were the It family. They showed white America what black America already knew, that we were more than entertainers, drug dealers, prostitutes, and maids. All of those did something for my esteem. It made me feel like I was somebody special. They looked like me. R. Kelly, I'm mixed and torn because I was a kid and not really able to listen to his music growing up. But I do remember he was like the boogeyman. <laughs> You heard things he did in his actions, but in my world, there was a degree of separation. It was until I was older and the music scene in Chicago was small and even smaller among the best. I was able to hear actual stories of traumas and situations from aspiring singers and former band members, but it was still like an underground don't ask and never tell. These two gifted yet twisted men made me look at how you can be so powerful and filled with power that people would enable you to be abusive and toxic to other human beings. I don't want to come off judgmental, but uh, this situation is fucked up. I hope I can curse, but I, I don't know any other word for those two. Jesse is also a sad case. Even though the case is still pending, I really don't want to give my full, full opinion on that just yet because I really would, um, I want to hear some more details and they keep saying everything is allegedly. So we're going to see about that one. But R. Kelly and Bill, um, I think for me, what I, I've learned is that it's important to heal from your traumas because if you don't, they will get the best of you.